0: Welcome, glad to have you with us, and uh, glad to have Garson in from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. He's brought in several firearms for show and tell, and we will uh, we'll go through those um, in just a minute. But first, uh, Brian found this audio from CNN about this mass shooting. And it's you're only going to hear the audio of this woman being interviewed. You can't see the face of the host uh, but if you could see it, you would see the distressed look on her face. The I cannot believe what I'm hearing look on her face. Uh, but here is uh, uh, an interview from CNN about the shooting in Maine, talking to a mother uh, about her daughter and guns. And I'm telling you that the, the woman who's hosting this show is looking at, at the camera like, what, what, are you are you crazy? Uh, here we go.
1: What did, what did you tell your daughter who was with you? I... I... I just can't imagine, as a mother, how to make sense of it and to relay that to a child. Um, You know, it's just starting to be... stuff like that gets real when something so big happens. It's like, okay, yeah, it really could be our school next. Um, So we came home, and she wanted to lock up right away. We locked up, locked up the windows, everything. I do have a firearm, so um, it made her feel better to know that I was carrying it around. and had it all ready to go Just she was scared somebody was going to come into our home and I told you you've got you to remember that odds could be so slim for that so try not to worry so much but I will do whatever I can to make you feel better in the meantime too whoa
0: ho, 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 on CNN what did you tell your daughter unbelievable um, I don't know if you could see the pained look on this host's face when the mother says i have a gun and i am and i carry it and it was loaded and ready oh that just broke their hearts it would have anyway, been better if she had said let me show you how to use it you know, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but still uh just the fact that uh she had it and she was willing to use it and she was carrying it and she wasn't afraid of it i wish more women would get involved. There's no greater equalizer that they can have. You can carry mace, you can take martial arts, you can uh, take track. Uh, Nothing is going to give you better odds than learning to shoot, carry a firearm. Anyway, it is time for show and tell. And, oh, what you have brought, Garson, I am drooling (laughs) literally drooling over some of these uh let's uh let's see where do you want to start i'll let you pick it where do you want to start
2: well so uh what i brought kind of makes a match set um (laughs) so the first gun the first gun i brought is an m&p 2.0 uh this one's in 40 cal um we were actually sold out of the nine millimeter ones i i wanted to bring a nine uh just for demonstration purposes but so the 2.0 has the more aggressive aggressive grip texture, um, so it's I mean it's sandpaper esque. It your hand does not move when you're shooting these things, and um, if if you're if you've got softer hands, I've actually heard people say that this grip is actually kind of painful. <laughs> um, so maybe maybe too aggressive for some people, but um, for for someone who's you know shooting a lot and, uh, and not, you know, dissuade by the texture. It it makes a great grip, especially if you're out in the summer in this Missouri humidity and sweating like a pig. Um, so the grip on this is great. Uh, Ambi controls for the slide release. Um, still just a, a reversible mag catch, so you can make that right or left-handed, uh, if you like. This one's just a regular three-dot, no night sights or anything. Uh, it does have the rail, but, um... The grip panel on this is got four different sizes, a small, a medium, medium-large, and a large, and that's easily swapped out by, there's a little uh, pin at the bottom. You turn that a half-turn, extract the pin, and you can change the grip size very, very easily. Um, so super comfortable grip, um, fairly accurate guns, uh, very reliable. Um, they're, they're really making their headway into law enforcement markets uh, where, you know, Glock used to reign supreme. So, um, you know, it's a proven weapon system and uh, very, you know, there's a lot of options out there, so you can always find something that will suit your needs. And they've got this, you know, full-size to little um, compact. Uh, the shield line is an extension of the M&P line, and that's extremely tiny and very easily concealed and carried. Um, so they've rolled that handgun line into a new rifle, <coughs> Uh, this is the Smith and Wesson response. It looks like an AR, but that's about it. Um, it, you know, functions like an AR. It's got the charging handle. Um, the grip is based off the M&P grip, and it's got that same interchangeable backstrap palm swell. So there's a little a little pin here. Pull it out, and you got the choice of all four grips. Six um, inch barrel. The the weird thing is, or not the weird thing, but I guess the innovative thing is the the what you would call the lower receiver is polymer and it's got a replaceable magwell. Uh, so there was another company that did this called Hydra and you could change out the magwell to, to match different calibers. Uh, this one uh, comes with the Smith and Wesson M&P magwell. but uh, realizing that glocks are so prevalent, uh, there is a Glock magwell for this as well in the box. So you get two 23mount uh, MP magazines. It's got a flat face trigger that's very very nice. Um, polymer handguard, uh, six position buttstock with a Magpul SL buttstock. What is that? Oh, it's the Mo SL buttstock. So that's a little a little bit of a premium stock there versus some of the other ones they could have chosen, or or made on their own.
1: How much is that?
2: Um, we got this for uh, seven seventy four. Okay, and these just came out, so I was super surprised that these were even available. So normally you hear about a gun, and wait a year or two to see one, but we oh. actually we actually snagged three of these things right out the gate. I
1: see Rhonda just say I was going to text message, uh- <laughs> so I just wanted to see it. He wants me to go ahead and get that.
0: Who sent me the cartoon? Was it Dale or, or was it you, Chuck, that sent me the cartoon about the guy who's doing the dishes and vacuuming the floor? And, <laughs> and, and That's me. Yeah, you know. His wife is sitting there watching him clean <laughs> the house, and then she finally just says, okay, what caliber is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, the, I'm guessing that was Rhonda.
2: The really crazy thing is this weighs in at 94 ounces. Really? So, yeah, just about five pounds. Uh, it' crazy. Um, so, there's also a bunch of other magazine accessories. So this has like a a sleeve around the bottom of the mag. It looked like there's a bunch of different magazine base plates in the bag. I didn't I didn't go through the bag because it was sealed and I didn't want to open it up since this is a new gun. But there's a there's a bunch of other little magazine accessories in there. The handguard extends all the way out to the end of the barrel. There's about th- two and a half three inches of barrel sticking out, and it is threaded. So you can throw a, a muzzle breaker, a suppressor, or a flash hider on there if you like. So, Whoa. yeah, super light. The, the mag catch is big and beefy. It's, it's big enough that you're not going to have any problems hitting it um, in low light or, you know, in a stressful situation. The uh, bolt catch is just a standard AR one, but since it is a standard AR one, it looks like if you don't like that, you can probably use any of the aftermarket um, replacements for the bolt catch or, like, the mag pull extension. Uh, if that's uh, your thing, but for seven hundred and seventy-five bucks, this is a pretty slick little setup.
0: Oh, you're not kidding. Yeah, great price uh, flexibility. Oh,
2: yeah. you know, that use an AR trigger uh, assembly? Have, have you judging by the way it looks? Yes. So I'm assuming like all the nine millimeter PCC triggers will probably fit in this. Uh, I've yeah, not verified uh, it, and I don't see that sure. Smith and Wesson claims it. Sure. So they could have done something proprietary, but I, I don't know why they'd reinvent that wheel, especially with the number of triggers that are already out there. So, I, I think that's going to be a standard AR drop-in trigger, but um, don't don't quote me on it until I can get um, confirmation of that. Uh, it is a proprietary bolt, and of course, you know, it's not going to take another AR upper, because it is, right. it is a designed um, from the ground-up gun. It's just, you know, saving parts from, from the AR platform to, you know, lessen their cost of development on things that don't need to be yeah. further refined.
3: Because their ad sort of alludes to that sort of AR, quasi AR status of the firearm. Yeah. And I just saw the ad, I think this week, I, I couldn't believe you already have one.
2: Yeah. And I, I think I think the things that are, you know, there's really no room for improvement. We're left alone. so. It looks like you can put a regular AR grip on here if you don't like the Smith and Wesson one, but I think that's one of the main selling points. There is that's that's a very highly customizable customizable grip right out of the factory.
0: And this is forty caliber.
2: Uh, this one's nine, so this and nine. Uh, so that's why I was trying to bring a nine millimeter m So here's the nine millimeter m magazine and goes right into the response, and the giant twenty three round response magazine uh, goes right into the MP. So yay, you've now just you know, doubled your magazine capacity or doubled your doubled your mag allowance by buying this and already having an M&P. So you got that cross-gun compatibility, which is why, you know, the Glock has been such a dominant standard in the PCC world.
0: And it's and only seven. what? How much is this?
2: 774 And, you know, so that...
0: Oh my that God, that's a steal.
2: The only other gun to come out recently was that Henry Homesteader, which I've not been able to get one, but... Henry did their own proprietary magazine, and then they offered an M&P or a Glock Magwell for it, which is awesome, but still can't get one. And um,
1: and they're only 30 bucks on that Henry, to the Magwell. Yeah, the Magwell's
2: Acromans. only 30 bucks. But So this one, you're getting both Magwells with the gun. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Wait so, a minute, the Glock Magwell? The Glock Magwell comes with this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
0: That is a lot of flexibility.
2: I, yeah, I...
3: When, I didn't see that. What and when I read the literature on it, I thought, okay, so you can buy a different magwell. It comes. With, that is really nice.
2: Yeah, and I would assume that they may make other magwells available in the future. They may not, but you know, if they're going to do that, having just two magwells seems kind of like a poor reason to make a detachable, interchangeable magwell. So I, I would expect them to do or offer, you know, a Beretta mag, or you know, maybe a Sig mag. Since those are the only real difference is the magazine catch placement, so it's basically the same magwell body. They just got to change the mag catch.
0: Uh, And Chuck is looking at this lovingly and longingly. Um, uh, Brian, can we play Help Me Rhonda for Chuck?
2: Gwen may finally want to replace that Keltec.
0: Ixne on the Gwen A. Okay. (laughs) I don't mind getting Chuck in trouble. When was the last
2: time she got a new gun?
0: She doesn't need any more. If you've got to think that long, Gary, it's been too long. Yeah, that's what (laughs) it
3: sounds like. It's not the bill of needs.
0: Uh, You guys are really in trouble. (laughs) All right, listen, I'm up against the clock. Got to take a quick break. Uh, Senator Kennedy, uh, the good Senator Kennedy, the, the one that everybody loves, at least on our side, says we don't need more gun control. We need more idiot control. We'll tell you what that's all about, and if you're a veteran, you'll want to pay attention. It's Gary on guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Glad to have Chuck Basie with us, and Dale Roberts and Garson from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. And I am going to go to uh, Dale on this one. It is his story. Senator Kennedy uh, passing uh, a law here, an amendment to protect veterans' Second Amendment rights. What's it all about?
3: Amen. And so far, this has passed out of the Senate. I don't know if it has any status in the in the House yet. Um, But you know, basically, the the backstory. Basically, if you're a veteran, if you're being treated by the Veterans by Veterans Administration Hospital, um, you can ask them to manage your finances. Basically, get a conservatorship just to manage your finances while you're being treated or while you're. Uh, homeless or whatever thing, other reasons you may have to ask for that help. If you do that, however, the VA automatically reports you, basically red flags you, basically says you can't, you're in a status where you can't have a firearm. And so uh, Senator Kennedy and a senator, I don't know if you pronounce that, Moran from Kansas, um, got a bill through the U.S. Senate to stop that from happening and that's the the uh, source of kennedy's quote we do not need more gun control we need more idiot control um but anyway that you know he states that his amendment would prevent government workers mainly the va from unduly stripping veterans of their right to bear arms um so you know this is huge they're the national commander for the american legion Was here a week ago and had dinner. We had a dinner for him at the American Legion Post. I sat at the table and talked to him about veteran suicide and how many veterans I've spoken to who perhaps could use some mental health, you know, psychology, counseling, psychiatry, whatever. But the veterans tell me, I'm not going because they will red flag me. I'll lose my firearms. And so they're not getting the mental health treatment they need because of the way the VA treats them. So this
0: is huge. You know, I hope it gets through the House and uh, gets passed into law. Well, I'm sure it'll get through the House. Now it's a matter of the real prop, because I think the Republicans will probably support it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm just not sure what uh, the administration will do.
3: And and evidently it had bipartisan support in the Senate. Um,
0: But yes, Lord only knows how the administration will look at this. Uh, but time will tell. Listen, I want to take a moment to uh, kind of pat you on the back because you work with veterans a couple days a week, don't you? You volunteer? I do, but I kind of have two different, work on two different projects. One,
3: uh, I'm at the VA hospital two mornings a week to do a free legal clinic. That's just all sorts of legal topics. And then uh, a buddy of mine and attorney Chris Dunn and I, who are both veterans, uh, about two years ago started a free clinic to do wills for veterans and their non-veteran spouses. And so we
0: do wills and other basic estate type documents for veterans for free. Well, pat on the back and a Uh And I know Chuck Basie was uh, working with veterans as well. Um, Chuck was on the veterans Com- as a
3: legislator. He was appointed to the legislative spot on the Veterans Commission.
1: Yep, and... um yeah, I, I got a few bills passed that helped uh, combat veterans quite a bit get heavily discounted tuition, so I'm pretty proud of that.
3: Among As other you. things, I know he did some other work for us for veterans.
1: So, um, um, by the way, uh, uh, back to Dale, he was given a very nice award by the Missouri Bar Association for his work with veterans, him and his uh,
0: buddy, Christon, so congratulations to Dale for that. Yeah, there's an add-a-boy. Uh, all right, let's move on, because we have so much more ground to cover and so little time to do it in. Uh, Dale, you also brought to the table the New York City gun restrictions rule uh, has been ruled unconstitutional. What were they trying to do? Uh, trample on Second Amendment rights.
3: In, in, uh, in New York? Uh, yeah, certainly no. not. Um, um, the... Uh, New York City, for example, had a law governing when licensing officials may deny permits to own, not even to carry. You can't even own without a permit. And it applied to rifles, shotguns, and handguns. Um, And part of the standard for whether you got the permit or not was are you of good moral character or is there other good cause for you to need to be able to exercise your constitutional rights. Um, and the judge uh, ruled that that was unconstitutional, gave the uh, these bureaucrats too much discretion. Uh, it doesn't meet the, the Bruin test. And so it's one in the continuing series of, of gun restriction laws that are being overturned, ruled unconstitutional after the Bruin case from the Supreme Court. And yet, certain localities, government entities, such as New York, uh, continue to basically thumb their nose at the Constitution and at the Supreme Court and at our constitutional rights and try to find ways to limit your Second Amendment rights. And they keep losing.
0: But they'll never stop. And that's the problem with our side. We'll score a victory and think, okay, it's over, And then uh, suddenly uh, something pops up, and and the left, they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Uh, And using our tax dollars against us to do so. Has anybody heard anything more about reciprocity? uh, For uh, You know, constitutionally, all I have to do is own a gun, and I should be able to carry it in every state in the Union. Uh, I shouldn't need... Uh, to get a permit and, and check with that state and see if they'll honor that permit. Uh, I'm curious to see if anybody's heard anything about uh, that restriction going away and also uh, whether or not there's any uh, anything on uh, suppressors. We'll we'll kick it around in a few minutes and then we'll talk about uh, a drug charge and guns. Next, i Gary on Guns. Welcome, glad to have you with us. Uh, Let me ask uh, Chuck Basie, who is a former state representative. Chuck, we've got a lot of, uh, uh, here in Missouri, we've got a lot of uh, uh, pro-Second Amendment legislators and a Republican-dominated legislature, and you know most of them. Have any of them come to you and said, uh, you know, here's a a pro-gun piece of legislation I'm thinking of introducing, or do they come to you and ask for advice? Do you have any insight into what might be coming up uh, in the next... A session?
1: Well, uh, no, they haven't really come to me. I'm kind of out of the picture now, but um, I do communicate with a lot of my old colleagues and some of the new ones that I never served with, but the the, the class that uh, replaced me when I left. But um, I know there's going to be, a matter of fact, five weeks uh, pre-filing starts, five weeks away. So uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of bills filed, and then with what happened in Maine, I'm sure that the Democrats are all riled up to file a bunch of anti-gun legislation as well they do every year but uh I, you know i don't know it's a, a puzzle i was feeling pretty good about uh, legislation but there's a lot of uh very troubling news reports coming out about our current sitting speaker you know i personally i think he's uh, entitled to be treated fairly uh, and everybody's already found him guilty you know a lot of my uh, people that I deal with, uh, I, I think he's being treated a little unfairly. Uh, let the process work and give him his day in court or in front of the Ethics Committee. But anyway, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens as we go forward. But I'm, I'm very hopeful Dale's going to work on some legislation with um, a senator and maybe a couple House reps, and I'm
0: looking forward to helping him on that. Dale, you want to shed a little light on what you're looking at? Actually... Um, you may not, and I understand. No, no. the You know,
3: a lot of what we've been and chuck and i worked on this for a couple of years and of course with covid and other things we had trouble getting things done um but there are a couple of problems uh for example some years ago the legislature passed a bill and that made it so you can get an extended permit good for 10 years 25 years or lifetime i think but they put that permit in a different section of the statutes and instead of rolling it into the into the same statute that has five-year permits. As a result, the law that says, if you carry in these places, it's a felony, and then it goes on to say, but if you have a permit, it's okay. That law only covers you if you have a five-year permit. If you're walking around with an extended permit, 10, 25, or lifetime, you are not covered with all the protection that us five-year permit holders have. So we need to correct that. there's a provision in the law that says if you uh, had a criminal case filed against you and you got a plea agreement where, whereby you say, you know, I would offer to plead guilty in return for a suspended imposition of sentence, and the judge agrees with that. You get an SIS. You've, technically, you've never been convicted of anything, but the way the concealed carry law was written, if you've had a suspended imposition of sentence case, you cannot get a permit. And as I said, e- even though you've never been convicted of anything, you can carry under permitless carry, um, but you can't get a permit, and that's doesn't fit with everything else. So we're trying to get that fixed.
2: Are you going to do anything about using the permit as an exemption to NICS? We hadn't. I hadn't planned to that. I mean, there's
3: a somebody planted a seed for that in one of the statutes. It refers to that process. Yeah, from but,
2: the onset. Yeah.
3: Um, I'm not sure,
2: you know. Because I, I see that as a bigger value for most carry holders, because Nix is constantly having shutdowns, and they're delaying people more and more for no reason. Gotcha. So, well, I think a lot of people, I, if I didn't have a permit, and there was an exemption to Nix, I would go get one just so I wouldn't have to wait on the uh, Nix section yeah. to approve my 4473. Gotcha. And, and then the third
3: thing that we've tried to address in the past was... Um, If you uh, have an offense expunged under Missouri statute, it's supposed to be gone and, you know, go and send no more. But the way the statute is written in Missouri, even though it's been expunged, you still cannot pass the next background check and purchase another firearm. And that was just, you know, language that Missouri used that the uh, FBI won't accept and needs to be rewritten. Were edited, so uh, you know much of what Chuck and I have been working on the last couple of years has been more about fixing old problems instead of trying to, you know, implement new legislation,
0: so to speak. Have we heard anything about uh, revoking uh, the, the the rules on uh, buying a suppressor? I know for a couple of years uh, we were really close, and then uh, something would happen, and, and it would uh, fade. Uh, into the into the woodwork. Uh, has anybody heard anything about that?
3: So Senator Kennedy again, and uh, Senator Mike Crapo from Idaho filed a bill in Congress in February of this year that would remove suppressors from regulation under the NFA. Um, but of course, I you know that's you know the the bill we spoke about earlier for veterans got bipartisan support. But national reciprocity, you asked about during the break, um, and removing suppressors from the NFA, I think, I don't see that they'd necessarily get the bipartisan support they would need to get through Congress. Um, However, uh, the way courts are overturning uh, ATF, you know, gun restriction laws, they may be removed by the courts faster than changed by the legislature
0: time will tell and i and i think uh, the suppressor thing especially um it's it's there's you know an opportunity to to save your hearing and by the way if you get a suppressor you should still wear hearing protection but it's just a, a huge advantage um and as i understand
3: it suppressors are required in many countries in Europe.
2: Well, you know, you can't buy a car without a muffler.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's considered impolite in many countries, uh, you know, to go out target shooting without them.
2: I I know for a fact it's illegal to hunt without a suppressor in Germany.
0: Wow. Um, So, yeah. All right. Well, I just wanted to see if anybody was up to date on that, and we'll just keep our fingers crossed. In the meantime... Dale also brings to the table a story about a federal judge tossing out gun charge for drug use, but upholds felony indictment. Uh, this is kind of like talking out of both sides of your mouth. <laughs> I, uh,
3: Yeah, I had to struggle with this one to figure out how this happened. Um, so there have been a number of courts that have looked at the prohibition against possession of marijuana and firearms at the same time or by the same person and said that's unconstitutional uh you know bruin says was this part of our history and tradition were there laws of you know to this effect uh, in place in 1791 and of course the prohibition of marijuana and guns didn't go into effect until 1968 so numerous courts have said yep that's unconstitutional this judge who is a, for what it's worth a bush appointee um This judge came to the same conclusion on a felony indictment and said, you know, that prohibition of him having marijuana and a firearm at the same time unconstitutional, throwing that part of the case out. However, the prohibition against someone possessing a firearm while they're under indictment, she thought that's okay, that that is, you know, consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation, and of course. Under indictment means you haven't been convicted of anything you've just been charged with something um, so that that's really a stretch uh, and again you know that that uh, the issue of under indictment is is already before the US Supreme Court in the Rahimi case that we've spoken of previously um, we're all a little nervous about that case because rahimi is not what we would call an attractive plaintiff (laughs) Um, yeah but but you know there are people who say they're scholars who say well you know that may be true but we still think that's a good case we shall see and in fact i think that oral argument on the rahimi case i think comes up the first week of november and being a law nerd i always make a point of listening to those oral arguments i think i it's interesting to hear what the justices say and how they
0: indirectly argue with each other. So we shall see. Time will tell. Um, New, New York. I, New York is so frustrating to me. And when I lived there, I, I experienced this. Uh, they're just crazy with, with their gun laws. But New York State, uh, you write, their strict gun laws leave veterans fearful they could wind up in jail... Yes. Over 21-gun uh, funeral salute. What? Exactly. How could that possibly be? And
3: we have, you know, at the American Legion Post here in Columbia, we have an honor guard. We have a, a bugler who actually uses a bugle to play taps, not an electronic recording, and they carry uh, firearms that shoot blanks. However, in the state of New York, bless their hearts, Democratic Governor Kathy Holchel, is that how you pronounce her name? Holchel. Signed off on legislation that bans firearms from, in quotes, sensitive places that would, uh, they believe, include cemeteries. So, you know, VFW or American Legion based honor guards who do funerals for veterans and traditionally fire a 21 gun salute. Are concerned that <laughs> technically they could be arrested for doing so. And evidently, some historical reenact, reenactments in New York were recently canceled for the same reason that uh, they're afraid shooting blanks in these places, the way the law is written, would uh, be a felony offense. So, uh, you know, again, New York, and again, poorly written legislation. It, it reminds me of the, the law some years ago that was passed in California that said, you know, you can only buy one gun at a time. And when it, when it went into effect, a number of police agencies said, this isn't working for us. Uh, the way it was written, it applies to us. And we usually buy, you know, 30, <laughs> to, 30 to 50 to, you know, 200 guns at a time. And we're having to buy our, our weapons for our officers one
0: at a time. Uh, who writes this stuff? <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Alright, uh, we're up against the clock. A quick break. We'll come back. ATF's 2022 firearms trace data is out. And Dale brought in the uh, the numbers from Missouri. We'll kick that around next on Gary and Guns. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Before I get too far along, I want to remind you we did show and tell and Garson brought in from Graff's a couple of fabulous weapons. I'm you just got to tell them briefly one more time, and and, and can they go down to uh, graphs right after the show? And yes, buy there, these.
2: Okay, there's two of the Smith and Wesson responses in the shop right now, so I've got the third one, which will be back Monday if we happen to sell both those um, rifles today. And then uh, M&P 2.0 and 40 Cal.
0: Nice. By the way, is is 40 Cal kind of slipping in popularity?
2: Yeah, it's taken a bit of a nosedive. Um, I'd say with the ammo shortage, it enjoyed a little resurgence because it was it was the last, not the last thing, but after all the nine sold out, people that couldn't get a nine or couldn't get another caliber ended up getting a forty.
0: Yeah, um, it's just one of those in between calibers that.
2: Um... Yeah. So funnily enough, though, I think three fifty seven Sig has enjoyed quite a bit of a resurgence. Which is based on the forty Smith and Wesson, but neck down to a nine millimeter.
0: All right, Uh, I was just curious to see because it's. uh, I started. uh, I I think my uh, first Springfield was a forty. Yeah, my first Springfield was a forty, and then I went up to the forty-five, and I just never, never really went back. Uh, So it's always uh, for me, uh, you know, the nine or the forty-five. Uh let's uh let's go back to uh Dale firearms trace data Missouri 2022 uh, January 1 uh December 31 you say that this uh, this data is woefully inadequate
3: yes and i i just beginning to get into it they posted it recently i just found out about it you know if you go to atf.gov there's a link for their resource center and then you can find the firearms trace data And you can drill down to Missouri. um, And, you know, there's some interesting, as Garsh and I were saying during the break, there's some interesting stuff there. Uh, They show the top cities, recovery cities for firearms. You know, firearms pulled out of a uh, a crime scene or out of an arrest. And then they trace the the, uh, number on it, trace the gun. And the top city for that in Missouri is St. Louis by a long shot. Then Kansas City, then Florissant, which is just a subdivision of St. Louis, independent subdivision of Kansas City, Clayton, Jackson. Finally, get down to Springfield, Cape Girardeau, St. Charles, Bridgeton. Columbia doesn't even make the list, and we're number four. We're the fourth largest population in Missouri. So, as Garson was saying during the break, what's that about? Are are we not submitting guns to be traced? Um, I'm not sure why why it's missing there. Um, but, it, you know, when you try and look at some of the numbers in there, and I'd love to hear what John Lott has to say about this, because um, he would do a much better job than I, but uh, trying to figure out what's happened this year versus last year and which community and that community last year, there are places where it's there's no there's a disconnect. You can't compare...
0: You know, apples to apples, as we say, uh, but there's some interesting data there, that's for sure. And we were just talking about uh, the 40s uh, versus nines, uh, and there's the tap, uh, the top caliber reported on firearms traces uh, with Missouri recovery, and the nine millimeter has uh, it's a slam dunk. Oh yeah, and uh, sorry, but what's what
3: I think is interesting. So for you know firearms presumably from crimes. Nine millimeters, number one, then 40 cal, then 45, then 380, then 22, finally. And those numbers, nine millimeter, what is that? 4,635 traces, uh, 40 cal, 1,298 traces. And you get down to, what is this number six on the list? 556, only 301. So for anybody to suggest that AR, the AR platform is. You know a, a problem in terms of
0: oh it's ubiquitous. I mean it's you yeah can't... use
3: in crimes. It's way down the list, and if you go to two twenty three, that's the bottom of the list at one hundred and eighty four statewide for the entire year. So compared to nine millimeter and some of the others, even three eighties, much higher than that.
0: You know you you'd think that the AR is involved in every crime, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Um, so easy to conceal. Well, you walk with a little bit of a limp, but you know, you <laughs> get the handicapped parking space. It makes it easier. Uh, let's see a, a couple more stories that you brought to the table. Former U.S. firearms investigator was illegally trafficking guns to Mexico. <laughs> I thought, I thought they busted this round uh, during the uh term. What was it? Fast and loose, Fast, <laughs> Fast and Furious. Fast. I don't know. Fast
2: and Furious, but this is going the other. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: And, and it makes the thing that makes me
3: crazy. I mean, it's bad enough that you know there's an ATF investigator who's been smuggling guns and gun parts uh, across the border, but it's a Mexican national who is working for the ATF. So, and I, I'm sorry, I don't have anything against Mexicans or French or Italians, but the fact that someone from outside the country is working for the ATF and in a position to to do this stuff and not get caught initially. And the other thing that makes me crazy, earlier than I am, is the fact that the <laughs> ATF knew about this back in 2017. And we're just finding out about it now.
0: I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's really bizarre. I... Yeah, it, that it, like
2: be I, stupid. Maybe Mexico should be suing us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got to run, guys. Thanks for being with us. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. And Gwen, baby, honey, I'm coming home.